Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano and welcome to the Harpenland Rugby Podcast, the Leinster and Ireland fan site in audio form. This week we're going to look back at the opening weekend of the URC. I've already harped on Leinster's home win over the Bulls, so I invited fans from two other Irish provinces to describe how their nights went for them. So without any further ado, here's how we got on. Now it's time for our back and forward chat and joining me to talk about the first weekend of action in the shiny new United Rugby Championship are fans of Munster and Ulster respectively who, like me, got to experience the atmosphere live over the weekend. First up here to report on events at Thoman Park, we're happy to welcome for the 11th time of the pod, Michelle Tobin. Welcome. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. And with news for the Kings Band, he's back for his ninth cap. Greetings to Mr. Ian Frizzell. Uh, good evening, Jeff. Good evening, Michelle. Great to be back. Thank you. Indeed. Thanks. Thank you both for coming on. Well, we're here to talk about mostly about um, what happened at the weekend in the first round. But before we do, um, we know a lot's been happening in the um, with the women's team over the past few weeks. There's been a lot, a, a lot going on to say the least. So what I'm going to try to do for the next while, just to keep the conversation going and keep it to, to the forefront as much as we can, uh, just to get people's opinions on what they've seen and what they um what opinions they might have so i might start with you michelle well what, what what's your take on the whole thing it's a little bit shambolic i'm afraid um i i don't want to steal somebody else's somebody else's thoughts but i thought jerry thornley hit the nail on the head um today in the times where he he talked about you know the the change in attitude towards the women's team compared to the Grand Slam winning team and the the team where uh, we got into the World Cup semifinals, we beat the All Blacks. At that stage, um, we had a coach who knew how to coach women. We had support from the IRFU where Joe Schmidt was going to games, where you had the likes of Paul O'Connell working on the lineout. God, we could have used him on the lineout in, in this campaign. Uh, it was certainly malfunctioning. It was a set piece. It was it was heartbreaking to watch. And really, my heart goes out to those girls who, who gave their all, but they were up against it from before they left. You know, the, the lack of support, the reports of internationals being sent out to join club training when the clubs weren't expecting them and the girls didn't know the, the club systems. I mean, it it's just, it's embarrassing, really. And my heart goes out to the girls, especially, you know, there's, there's oh, we've a lot of really great young players coming up, but there are players who will not get a second, another chance at a, a Rugby World Cup. I mean, we saw Claire Malloy um, announcing her retirement last night. Lindsay Peat cannot continue playing forever. She's been an absolute stalwart, but she's almost as old as I am. So for people with them, you know, how, how much longer are we going to have Naupo? She's an amazing player, but, you know, we rely on her so much in the centre and she's not getting any younger. She's not going to get the chance to have that swan, swan song World Cup back at home in New Zealand. And my heart breaks for all of them, but for, especially for the players who won't get a chance to, to right this wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's hard to know what's going on behind the scenes and stuff. But from what we see, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like you say, they had such success 
Um, they had such an amazing team back in uh, 2013, 2014, when Grand Slams, uh, getting to World Cup semifinals, uh, beating New Zealand, um, all that stuff. And it's uh, you just figure, you think it would just be a natural progression to build on that and, and move forward. I mean, obviously, other countries are progressing too. Um, and of course, you had the whole England and France went professional. And, you know, it's a, it doesn't guarantee success. But the, the fall, like you say, has been so stark. And then coupled with that, you hear about all these things about, like you say, training issues. And um, the, the, personally, for me, the one thing that got me, you, you talked about um, building on um, the, the, the legacy of Philip Doyle. Um, from from the coach of that great team. I mean, what about players from that team getting involved in the Irish setup? Um, you've got, you know, Neve Bridge is coaching um, at UL Bowes now. You've got Sophie Spence had to go to Wales to get Kofi ex coaching experience. Lynn Cantwell is in South Africa. High performance that manager. That's the big one. Yes. It's huge. I, I mean, it... her, she's got a rugby, amazing rugby brain. She was, uh, she was always, she, she, she knows rugby the game inside out. She'd be a perfect influence just to be even involved. I mean, they don't have to go straight into head coach but they definitely be involved in this setup and that you talk about the girls having someone to look up to that's they're, they're exactly the very people you think would be, get involved so um you know hopefully they're able to work something out and it and it filters all the way down i mean you're you're involved in a club there in um was it bally money do, yeah do, do they they have a they have a women set up there we we have um a fledgling um woman set up we did have a team that competed a few years ago, and unfortunately that uh, folded. But uh, we have a couple of girls involved in the club now who are really enthusiastic. Um, they're, they are very, very uh, uh, committed um, young ladies. Um, we have a thriving underage ladies um, section at the moment from... Uh, uh, 12 year old to 18 year olds um, with uh, maybe 30 girls there uh, overall and that's not bad the IRFU and Ulster branch had at the end of the summer there um, uh, promoted um, getting getting uh, people involved uh, and we had um, about 60 maybe uh, over the course of uh, 6 or 8 weeks who were regularly out playing uh, girls from all backgrounds and of all ages, uh, so the the uh, products there. Uh, it's a matter, I think, then of uh, uh, harnessing that product and committing to it. Um, I I I'm not in a great position of strength to to talk about this. You know, the IRFU setup for for women's rugby, but from from my perspective, I mean, I've watched I've watched quite a few games over the last uh, few years from World Cup and I actually went to one of the, the World Cup games in uh, in Ravenhill uh, when it was here in Ireland. So, uh, you know, we had, as you said, Jeff, we had the basis of, of, of a fantastic setup with experienced players and those experienced players coming to the end of their playing career and were allowed to disappear. And, and I think uh, you know, for me, that's one of the the the, the big things that, uh, that, that that a chance missed there. Professionalism for England and France, I think. Uh, I, I don't know that we're ready to go that that far, but there's other ways of of approaching it. I mean, there's 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 grasping uh, the half a dozen 
really uh, elite players there and getting some sort of semi-professionalism into the into the thing. So, and and you know they're involved in different clubs, and then that, that then uh, I think could be promoted from from there. I, I I think the most galling thing for me was that the few weeks ago at uh, Energia Park, where uh, where we had this instance of of the Connaught ladies having to to change in a basically a a gazebo uh, at the back of a clubhouse, uh, and that's at a level immediately below international level. And I think that said enough for me that the, just the, the systems aren't there. Uh, the people aren't there thinking about what we need to be doing. Um, I said at the time uh, in a tweet, yes, we understand that the IRFU have their return to rugby um, roadmap and where the ladies weren't or aren't classed as elite players so they come under the, the, the more under the, the, the sort of the players that I'm uh, meeting with day and daily and uh, the, the changing rooms were not in use for that uh, for that uh, group of players or that level of players but those rules had, had been relaxed in, in Ulster in Northern Ireland and for the life of me, I can't understand why they, they couldn't have said, look, this is, these are the finals. Basically, this, the last lot of matches, let's take them to Belfast. And Ravenhill has, has four sets of changing rooms. Each team would have had a changing room. And, and for the life of me, I can't understand why that wasn't done. But uh, I've, I've just been reading about the 2017 review uh, and uh, we didn't hit any targets. But I think if they're going to do a review, they have to set realistic targets, but they have to back they have to back the people up. Absolutely. And publish the review. Um, oh, yeah, we need for to, to see. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, what you're saying there about the change rooms. I mean, you see, the thing is about that is that if that was just a once-off isolated incident that just, you know, happened and you could say, oh, well, they weren't ready for COVID regulations, but that, that'd be one thing. But it, it's the fact that it's not the first time something like that has happened. I mean, you had a, you had, we had an incident. Oh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. They, there was a, I mean, you had that incident when they traveled to France. They basically had to hitchhike uh, to a game, a Six Nations game in France and, and barely got there in time for kickoff. And, and it's not like they're not trying to do things um, to promote the game. You had things like the televised interpros. You had, you know, there, there, there's all these great announcements of things, but it's like three steps forward and then four steps back with, yeah. with stories like this. And that's that's that, that's the problem. And the other point, the other good point you made was about the um, the enthusiasm of the girls wanting to play the game. And that's oh, yeah. the key. And it's not just rugby. And this is the very, this is the really important issue. They want to play sports. They just want yes. to get out there and play sports. And the, the the playing fields, you talk about a level playing field within rugby, but you've also got to consider at the girls, in the girls sport, the playing field with the other sports, soccer and, and Gaelic. And that is much more competitive in the women's game. They just want to play. And, and if they're mm -hmm. going to get crappy tress, dressing rooms in rugby, well, then screw this. I have a football team up the road, or I could play camogie or any any other sport like this. So we're we've got to make it uh, right at that level as well, because we'll hundred percent agree with. You. Anyway, listen, you know, I think the important thing is is that for us as fans to do is to keep engaging with it, um, to keep to keep the conversation going. We're we're all on Twitter, um, uh, in, engage with the. Um, 
you know, accounts like Ad Irish Women's and Scrum Queens and all these people who are talking about it continuously, engage with them, get involved and keep it high profile. When the matches are on, go to them and um, and, and promote them as much as we can. And I think that's I think that's really important. Yeah. So thanks. You know, thanks. That's a great uh, that's some, some great contributions there. And uh, we'll definitely have more chats about it down the line. Now we're going to move on to um, the action for the weekend. Um, all three of us were at um, got to see our, our, our provinces in action um, live, and we all had wins to start the uh, to start the season. So that was so so there'd be no um, <laughs> no no cause for slagging tonight. Uh, we, we, we've, all, we've all got good news to report. I I I've been harping on um, Leinster ever since the weekend on the on the site. So I've done enough about that. So I'm going to hand it over to Michelle, who was at Thoman Park on um, Saturday night, and uh, tell us how you got on. What was the atmosphere like? Before you get to the action, just say what you know. What, what was the whole whole evening like for you? It was incredible. I mean, I don't, I still don't have my full voice back, which is fantastic. I was in Thomond for the, the challenge match a couple of weeks ago where um, we had we were due to play Bath and that got cancelled because of COVID and it was two Munster teams. So I had been back in Thomond Park and I had seen a lot of those players, but a competitive match with a big crowd. Um, there was 11,000 in the stadium. Uh, so uh, the numbers will be about that again this weekend. And then for the Connex match next month, they're going up to 75%, which will be amazing. But I'll tell you, 11,000 made the noise of about 20,000, even through masks. It was the atmosphere was electric. You could see that people were smiling, even though you couldn't see their mouths. And the singing was back. The singing has been missing from rugby for so long because the crowds haven't been there. And to, to sing out, stand up and fight and the feels and, you know, to hear the chants for Simon Zebo, um, who always excites particularly the younger people in the crowd but there was one particular incident that you know it it really made the night for me so you had the the north terrace were, were leading the zebo chants at various stages during the game and there was one set of zebo chants and then a select group over in the east terrace started shouting out john ryan john ryan <laughs> Which was just fantastic because that's what Thomond is about. It's about the banter. It's about supporting the players. It's about being there. And every single player who spoke about Saturday night talked about how important having the fans back. They did everywhere. But to be there, to, to see the team play so well, to get the win, to see Zebo back, to see RG Snyman back playing you is know that, is that a new guy is it is that a new sign? he's the guy that you broke <laughs> yeah it was the it was the leinster game's fault um just oh got it was amazing <laughs> oh no there's more coming i i guarantee that's not the slide that, that, that's not the main one that's just the that's just the hors d'oeuvres <laughs> So, you know, we missed the bars, but we, as I said before the game, we were never going to miss the bars for the drink. Well, there were people who were going to miss the bars for the drink, but being in the bars in Thoman Park is so much about meeting the people you haven't seen for so long, be it, you know, not everyone makes every game, but now it's been 18 months 
and it, it's much more difficult to arrange to meet up with people you know before games are usually the, the some of the best meetings um on match day are people you weren't expecting to bump into or you haven't seen for a long time so I've missed out that from that aspect but I did spot someone I knew in the row in front down a couple of places and I was able to go and talk to her at half time and I met some more people coming down the steps when we were leaving the stadium so it wasn't totally devoid of catch-ups but there's a lot of people I can't wait to meet properly again but because of where we're based in in the stadium it is going to be um later in the year yeah uh, that's brilliant yeah because I mean uh, I could say about the bars I mean at the RG at the Aviva there was no there was no um there's no drink in there either but uh, after the game I was supposed to I was waiting at the bus stop um, across from the horse show house uh, from a bus and it was like 20 minutes to the bus and I literally got a text message we're in the horse show house are you coming for a pint and I was like hmm it was like literally right there in front of me and all the revelry was going on so just had to go over but it was yeah I mean this whole thing of just like you say it's not necessarily for the drink just to the normalcy of going to a match and then sitting in a pub having a few pints talking about the match. I mean, that's that's part of the, the whole experience, what you're meant to be doing, you know? That's great. And um, and wh- wh- was there many... I noticed a good, a good few South African jerseys in the crowd at the Aviva. Was there were there were there any down your way? When we were walking to the stadium, I noticed two. Um, but... That was all. I think I heard a couple of voices in in the far corner at one stage. Um, it, it's a pity. I mean, Saturday was such a beautiful night. Um, I walked to the stadium in short sleeve jersey and didn't put my hoodie on till 10, 15 minutes from the end. It was a perfect, beautiful night for rugby. And it was a great, you know, I suppose, yes, we were lucky that we had, we're facing um, the Sharks and, and the Stormers this side um, of the URC. When you look at who the, the Sharks were missing, people like Khaleesi and the Pimpy and um and, you know, yes. But we were missing people too. And they did have Pinar, you know. What, what a, a joker player to have. Mm-hmm. Um and again, we'll be lucky. Um, obviously, Stormers are, are missing a few as well. The likes of Kitsoff and Willemse and Yanchis are, are missing next weekend. And then I see tonight that um, the Welsh teams are looking at moving their games. They were meant to go to South Africa around the same time as us. I can't remember. I think it was Scarlet. Uh, we're meant to go to South Africa at the same time as us in November, but they're talking about those games being moved to Italy. So that would be a dream scenario for us because, again, you're you're coming at the end of the Autumn International, so they're not going to have their Springbok players back, or maybe they might for the second game, but probably not for the first. Not to have to deal with altitude in, in South Africa. Um, and, you know, a nice little trip to Italy in mm. no- November, early December wouldn't be terrible either. Absolutely. But, you know, there's some teams that are going to have to go to South Africa in April. God, my heart breaks for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 but she'll have the league wrapped up at that stage anyway, so we don't have to worry yeah. about it, you know. Um, when it came to the actual action, it uh, wasn't a bad start. S- Simon something uh, mm. kind of kind of legged it up the touchline for a try. That, that must have been great. It, it really, it, it 
set it got the stadium you know it people it was already buzzing people were exciting but everybody was on their feet jumping and screaming and it was a taste of the old days and I'll be honest um Zebo played in in the challenge game a couple of weeks ago and he didn't look fully fit so I was a bit worried about our 6-2 bench strategy not having any open backs at on the bench so I was worried Zebo playing the full 80 minutes but when he made that run down the line okay Zebo's back and the fact that he did something very similar um well certainly a massive injection of pace just before the final whistle just shows you know how much how far he's come and what a great player he is and you know the little kicks and the passing his hand skills handling skills are amazing um, so he got his two Gavin Coombs, you know, Gavin Coombs is, I, I never thought anyone could replace CJ in my affections and my, you know, at, at age, but Coombs is just phenomenal. He, he looks like someone who is much older than he is and that he's been playing for a lot longer than he has, because again, on, you know, he got his two tries, but he was a monster all over the pitch. Casey, I'm I'm always there for us more uh, fun-sized people. I thought he had a great game. He got his try. He controlled the game well. And then the the little refugee nine that we took in, Rowan Osborne, uh, made a very decent cameo as well. So it you know it was it was a, a decent game. We saw the last try, the the last Zebo try. I think I counted ten monster players were involved it was just it was fantastic to see running rugby we we left scores behind us we left countless scores behind us but to still win with um with, with such a margin was fantastic and a, a great way to start the season Okay, uh, Ian. So, uh, so what was it like? What was it like down at Kingspan? I, I had been, um, I had been at Kingspan uh, fortnight before. Where we played um, uh, that junior side from across the water. That's up and coming, yeah, yeah, the championship, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just they just got promoted from the championship. So we were there two weeks ago, uh, and we had um, we, we we were allowed ten thousand in for that game. So we had a bit of an atmosphere at that. Obviously, uh, first league game, slightly different. I think we were allowed 15,000. I would say, at a guess, probably about 12,000 there, maybe. So I haven't heard the official. Thought it was a bit flat for, uh, for, for, for the first sort of 25, 30 minutes. Uh, I don't know why the crowd were, were, were so quiet. Um, then the, the, uh, we, we sort of did get up, up a wee bit. Glasgow put us under a bit of pressure uh, towards the end of the first half. So we started to give them a... Give the, the players a wee bit of a, a lift then, and then obviously second half uh, came out with it, all guns firing, and then we had the incident where uh, James Hume was yellow carded, and anything referee related that goes against us will always raise the the, the crowd's heckles a bit. So so we got uh, the sort of the last 20, 25 minutes was was raucous and uh, really really good atmosphere. Yeah. Great to be back. Just to echo what Michelle said, there were so few guys that uh, we hadn't seen for 
for the uh, last 18 months or whatever it is. So it was good to good to catch up with a couple of guys. We're slightly ahead of you in that the bars were open, although uh, they, you had to drink either in your seat or outside the outside the bars. We didn't bother, to be honest. We just grabbed a burger and a, and a soft drink and, and, and went and sat down, uh, watched the guys uh, in their warm-up and, and, uh, and took that on. So this, this is uh, my first year back in a seat after... Uh, standing for about 10 years but we decided we'd move from the terraces into a seat this year to see how it went so we've got very good seats in the memorial stand good high up and get a good view so very pleased with that as for the as for the game itself it, it excited at times it disappointed at times Glasgow as I alluded to a few weeks ago are going to be there or thereabouts in, in that group of teams just below the top that are going to be fighting for, in my opinion, 5th to 10th place. And uh, I, I, as I said previously, I think Leinster, Monster, Bulls and Sharks, although they, they maybe didn't look at it the weekend, but I think they will uh, they will get better. So I think that that was my idea of the, of, of the top four teams that would be contesting for the league and then... Glasgow, Scarlets, ourselves, Connacht, Ospreys, you know, that sort of group then fighting out. And that's how it turned out for me on Friday night. Glasgow were well up for it. Uh, we got the five points, and that's what matters at the end of the day. Uh, but it was too close for my oil ticker, which has <laughs> had, problems, had problems before. So uh, relieved to get the win. A couple of um, exciting uh, young players coming through again this season with young Doak who, who, who came on earlier than they expected. Cooney taking, having a bit of a hamstring problem. So we don't know how long he's going to be out. I've, I've re- after watching Doak in the summer in the under-20s, I think everybody can, can see that he's, uh, he's certainly got something about him. And he came into the game on uh, Friday night and uh, he just he, calmness personified. And, you know, he's kicking, he's 19 and he's, he's, he's kicking conversions ahead of Billy Burns. So, you know, that's how well thought of that he is within the group, I think. Young McElroy played well at full back, although maybe, maybe a couple of things he'd look at and maybe think he, may, he might have done better. But all around, it wasn't the worst performance, but it wasn't the best. So mm. uh, uh, hopefully there's better to come. And uh, this game plan that uh, that. Dan McFarlane is alluding to where we where we where we attack down the middle with with the pack and then we 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 have two playmakers either side. We didn't really see much of that, uh, and I was disappointed that yes, with Billy Burns was there at ten, but the two other guys who you would expect to be those playmakers were both on the bench, Lowry and Will Addison, and the both of them came into the game, of course. But uh, I think if you're going to you know, if you're going to say you're going to play a system, a game, plan, uh, then you know, put the people in there that's going to that's going to play that for you. So uh, don't think anybody else really um, would hit the headlines out of the team. There were some, you know, there were reasonable performances, but uh, there's better to come, hopefully. Mm, and uh, we're still shy a couple of guys. Uh, who will definitely improve the team when they when they get back. 
Well, that's a good point because, I mean, when you talk about the players that weren't there, I mean, over the summer, uh, when I, when you see a headline, uh, Ulster, or I suppose even Munster for that matter, signed a South African, um, it, it doesn't really raise an eyebrow usually, but, nope. um, but, but, that, but that was a big signing um, uh, over the summer for you, um, although he, Mr. Vermeulen was uh, otherwise uh, occupied um, the other side of the world. But it, one point that I saw made at that time when that his announcement came was that that could bring on his just here, his presence in the squad could bring on the likes of uh, Nick Timoney um, and players like that even um, improve their game. Uh, yeah, there's no question. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, for me, that's the big thing. Yes, it'll be great to see him see him uh, out on the pitch playing, but uh, to get to get someone of that experience for two years when you have uh, young guys like uh, uh, like Nick Timoney, uh, like uh, Marcus Ray and David McCann, you know those guys are just bubbling under, uh, and I think you know uh, someone like Vermeulen can can bring those to uh, to a different level, and uh, yeah, I mean. I'm all I'm all for it. I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm more excited to see what he do, does for those guys because mm. we know what he can do on the pitch. Whether he's going to make Ulster take them to the next level, I very much doubt it. I don't think that you know in these days, I don't think one man makes a team. So yes, there's going to be days when when he's when 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 he'll be there and he will make a difference. But overall, it's it's what he's bringing experience-wise and what they can do for these young guys. It's nearly like having another uh, dedicated attack coach, you know, just purely for back row players. And yet there's an excitement within the place about it, and and, uh, and rightly so. And uh, 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 the big European games will be great to have them. Uh, we need as much ballast as we possibly can, particularly we'll be going to play Claremont, who, like all the rest of those top 14 teams, are stacked and for ballast and, and forward power. So it'll be good to have him in those games. And fingers crossed, gets back to us in November, whatever it is, uh, ready to ready to go. Uh, we have a re- we have a record in, in Ulster of damaging or or, or having damaged goods <laughs> uh, <laughs> when when we're expecting to have uh, something better. You know, there was a there was a tweet came out the other day. I just wanted to mention there was a tweet came out and what was your sort of highlight of the weekend? And I have to say, you know, being around rugby players and rugby players who who aren't able to play because of injuries. Uh, it was really great to see uh, RG take the pitch on uh, on Saturday night. I was delighted to see that. I'm not. I'm an Ulster fan, of course I am, but I just I, I, I do love to see uh, young guys get back into the game from injury. And and uh, I would mention Gareth Anscombe as well. Uh, somebody took me to task because Anscombe was out twice as long. But anybody who comes back after serious injury that might threaten their careers, I think. It's, it's everybody should be delighted with it. Absolutely, they're two different scenarios. I mean, I mean, even the even the most died in the wool Leinster supporter uh, would have to admit that what happened to Snyman literally seven minutes having yeah. having travelled. It was like seven minutes first line out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's just yeah. that's just the rugby gods not being on your side. Well, it happened to us. It happened to us a few years ago with Jared Payne. Mm. Uh, near enough, the same thing. First first game or second game. And 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 he was out and gone for, you know, you you spend your your uh, your summer months after you hear signings like that, you spend them getting excited about what you're going to see, and then something like that happens and it uh, 
it, it's deflating. So, uh, yeah, let's celebrate the fact that the guy's back. Keep our fingers crossed that he can manage to get through the season on scale. You see, we do things our own way here in Leinster. What we did is when we get someone like Felipe Condepomi, before he even gets on the pitch, we screw up the paperwork and uh, he can't play for a whole year. You see, that's a, it's a unique <laughs> way of doing it in these parts. We, we've, gotten, we've gotten the better of that since, you know? Um, yeah, Al Alatoa seemed to manage to sneak in. All that's right. it, that's it. Yeah, we, 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 we managed that. I'm sure we just, we just threw a few props around different positions and it all worked out so far. So uh, we'll see what happens. But anyway, listen, um, that's great. No, that sounds like um, sounds like it was a similar kind of atmosphere um, around the country. And I'm going to have um, Connor fan on next week to, to let us know how things get on the sports ground this weekend. But um, the, the the last thing I want to want to ask you about is um, the actual competition itself. Now, we were all given all that's happened over the past couple of years, and we were all so keen to get back um, to, 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 to watch our teams and actually get back into crowds and the atmosphere, everything we've been talking about. We, we, we would have been happy no matter what it was, pretty much, um, going on there. But now that this league, we, we've also got this new competition. It's got a new coat of paint. It's about the seventh coat of paint since it started as a Celtic League way back when. Um, but this is a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a complete rebrand. Everything's different. Everything's changed. What's your early impressions of it so far, having seen it kind of in action, TV, graphics, presentation, um, all that kind of stuff, Michelle? What, what, what do you think so far? So far, I think from, from a rugby point of view, it, it's great. It, it, you know, we have, we have new teams in. There will be a little bit more competition towards the, the top end of the table, which is great. But I still have a problem with the single table competition that has no seeding. Um, you know, you, you can be lucky with, as I said, you know, some of the timings of the games. You can be lucky with, with home and away fixtures. I don't think, I would hope that's going to change as the competition gets on. Um, the branding, I must admit, I'm not a fan of the uh, URC logos on the jerseys. The, the Guinness one's blended in nicely, but it's bright blue in your face. It actually kind of reminds me, you know, we're classy in Ireland in that we have our jersey sponsor and that's generally it well we, we can have shorts but there's generally one jersey sponsor and it, it always reminds me of the Scarlet's fan that I spent a bit of time with in New Zealand before we went out he'd managed to get hold of the new Scarlet's jersey don't know how it hadn't been released but he got a new one that he brought on tour and then when he got back he took it in to get all the sponsors logos on it and there was like 12 or 15 you know local butchers a mechanic a well, formula and one doesn't have that much yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and it it was just, oh it was terrible and it, i really like how our jerseys you know adidas weird designs aside it can be really classy and there's this bright blue it looks like a, a chef's band-aid on mm. on the sleeve so i'm not a big fan of that <laughs> um the the whole urc tv thing um will be interesting i mean we're, we're lucky in ireland with the, the games are on free to air and we don't um have to worry about it whereas you know, if you're in Scotland, you have either Premier, well, you have Premier Sports. I think that's as, as much as they get because your CTV isn't available in the UK. 
uh, I know there was some unhappiness that Leinster was on TG Car and Munster was on RTE, but you know, tough. So, um, yeah, let, it wasn't let's... for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was funny actually seeing the um, the South Africans tweeting, "Is the commentary in Gaelic?" and they couldn't understand. So that was a little bit amusing, but no, um, it's good to have new money in the sport and hopefully, you know, there's, there's been a huge difference in how the different um, sponsors have interacted with the supporters. Uh, you may remember Rabo's final year where basically the guy from Rabo contacted me after seeing a tweet that, you know, are we meeting up? Are the Munster and Anster people meeting up in, in the Sandy Mount after the game? And he contacted me and said, who's going here? We'll reserve an area. There'll be food and drink for 20 people. Invite who you want to. And I was particularly magnanimous. And actually most <laughs> people that were there were Leinster fans. But Rabo were really good at that and they were good at having competitions, giving away tickets and merchandise and all of that. Guinness were shockingly poor at that. So to see if, if URC will actually prioritise interaction with the supporters, it will be an interesting one to watch. Absolutely. I think Guinness is pretty much um, Irish rugby sponsor of last resort. Um, I think it's usually, I think they, they tried to put the, when Rabo did um they, they they try to put it out to tender and it, i think they ended they ended up with guinness i think the same happened in the six nations as well it's uh it's, mm -hmm. it's a shame so hopefully um i don't know a whole lot about we i had a south african um fan on a while ago talking about this rock nation that's um that's heavily invested in south african rugby and it's gotten involved in this league as well and apparently you know branding that's their thing that's what they do and in a modern kind of uh, social media a savvy kind of setting so i suppose you know we, we'll see we'll see how much um that actually filters through and uh, because they're going after i mean let's face it the likes of us who sitting here could talk for hours on podcasts um that's we're not what they're going for they're going for casual fans and trying to get them convert them more towards us so um i suppose it, I suppose it remains to be seen how much that's going to going to work uh, what do you make of it all ian well i think they have a better chance of getting a, an irish or a scottish casual fan on board uh, with their marketing than they will with the Welsh. Um, I see no change there from from the, uh, the the fan base point of view. What I was encouraged by was the um, the enthusiasm uh, coming through from the uh, South African fans. As you know, it's 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 sort of Twitter for me, so I don't really do any other social media. But nice to see a bit of good conversation, a bit of enthusiasm from them. From from the point of view of the of the ultimate. I think is Gareth Hannah's of the Belfast Telegraph, the ultimate rugby championship. Uh, um, he calls it, they, uh, and I nearly, I'm nearly thinking that myself. I think it from the point of view of where we're at, all the previous uh, uh, sort of bits or, or whoever we were previously. I think this is our last chance. I think if if it doesn't work, it ain't gonna. It ain't gonna be uh, uh, better, and I think people have to realise that. I think, particularly our cousins across the water, have to realise that, you know, if 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 this one doesn't work, we're 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 a ship cast astray, and you know, we need, particularly for our European aspirations, we need this league to work. We need that uh, addition of top class teams in there. We we were, uh, and I think everybody has realised it and accepted it. 
that, that last year, you know, it was very false. It was a very false dawn for us. The domination that we had in that league, we thought it were, were great, but we weren't really great. When we got to, when we got to, uh, you know, the final stages of Europe, we were, you know, we were shown where we were, uh, and that was all, all four of us really, and and. Uh, we need this from an Irish point of view. We need it uh, from from the point of view of of um, Celtic rugby, Scotland and Wales. Need it international. Internationally, we need to be up there. We've got a world another World Cup coming. We all need to be prepared for that and and uh, and and to make sure that when it's coming to Europe, that that it's won in Europe by a European team, and and we don't allow the Southern Hemisphere teams to come up here and win another. World Cup. Mm. So from that perspective, I welcome it. You know, the, the razzle-dazzle thing, I, 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 I just let that go past me. You know, there was loads of little um, lassies running about giving away stuff in, in Ravenhill on Friday night. They, they were clad with little, you know, T-shirts with the URC branding on them and they were taking photographs of fans and, and all that. And that's fair enough. Uh, you know, we've had that before, as Michelle says, with Rabo, and they were very good. But you know, just give me the product, give me the, the game of rugby on the pitch, and if if it's a better product than we've had in the last couple of years, then bring it on. Mm, absolutely, no, I, I agree with you that the important it, it is important that it's uh, that the game that the, that the league does work not just here in Ireland but in the other nations as well. And I think mm-hmm. this is they you know they are trying innovations. I think this idea of having shields for the four conferences. I mean, it's, it's, it seems like a simple, it seems like a small thing, but when if you're going for the casual fan, what you're going to have now is, uh, well, for one thing, all four Irish teams can't finish in the top four um, when it comes to qualifying and stuff, which which we liked, but from a league center of view, it's, it's going to piss everyone else off. But, for, but also, if like, for example, in Wales now, every season you're going to have, and, and to us it may seem trivial if they haven't done finished that high up in the overall league, but you're going to have one Welsh region uh, winning a trophy, they're going to have their pictures taken with the trophy. That's going to be in the papers. Um, mm-hmm. The Welsh, the Welsh press can just, can, they can only publish the standings in the Welsh conference if they want. So it looks like, look, this is how your teams are doing. You know, it's it sounds yeah. it sounds simplistic to us because we follow, we know how the game is. Like to say, they're going after these casual fans. These are little innovations that maybe that that might improve the 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 uh, um, impression of the game in those places. So we just have to hope and and wait and see. But as like you say, from Ireland's point of view, uh, from from the provinces, it's been a, it's been a good start. Wasn't a great start for Connacht in in Cardiff, but they've got a chance to to call that back at the weekend. So hopefully we'll get things back on track yeah. there. And um, I think overall it's been you know so far so good. Like I say, we were looking forward to getting back to rugby anyway, but um, we, 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 it's not a, it's not a bad start anyway. That's the main. Yeah. Just, just one, one last wee thing, and uh, pick up again from Michelle, where, where she talked about the league structure, and I'm not a big fan of that either. Um, uh, uh, you know, this uh, uh, Scottish-Italian uh, conference, um, albeit Benetton are maybe going to be a bit more uh, uh, competitive this season, but you know, we we have we have uh, uh, six derby games to play uh, against you guys and Connacht. And, uh, uh, you know, every one of those is going to be tough. You know, we've proved we can win. Connacht have proved they can win. Monster can win it. And you can win. So so that's going to be tough. And winning that shield is going to be tough. But we just played Glasgow. Now, it was nip and tuck. 
Glasgow could just as well have beaten us. But it means that would have meant we would have no opportunity to go back to Glasgow and and uh, you know and and right that wrong. We go to Zebra on 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 the weekend. Heaven forbid that we that we don't come away with the points. But we don't get the opportunity then to have Zebra in our backyard, mm. you know, to write that if, if, if that was to happen. Whereas teams like, you know, Glasgow and Edinburgh are going to home and away against Zebra, effectively possible 10 points there. So there is an imbalance. Mm. Uh, we had that last season too, though. That's how Benetton ended up in the final. Uh, that's, the re- that's that Rainbow Cup thing. We didn't take part in that, Michelle. <laughs> Rainbow, what was that? Yeah. If the season ended in uh, with the Pro 14 <laughs> final, what, who won that again? Um, yeah. What was that? I don't, can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Now, listen, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot for coming on again, guys. Um, that was a good old chat. It's great to have the season back again. We're actually talking about real competitive rugby again, and uh, there's a lot more down the line, all going well. Uh, we hope to have you on again soon, and uh, thank you to Michelle and Ian for coming on. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again to Michelle and Ian for the chat. Later in the week, we'll have all the usual features on harpenonrugby.net with the TV listings on Thursday, followed by our coverage of Leinster's next match in the URC, Away to the Dragons, with a preview on Saturday, opinion from around the rugosphere on match day, and of course the write-up on Monday. Also keep an eye out on the site Friday for a new feature looking at all the latest club news from the AIL, both men's and women's of course. In the meantime, stay safe everyone. Salon.